This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, good morning. Welcome to The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio. I'm Dean Holland here with Charlie Dobbin. How are you doing this morning, Charlie? I'm doing great, Dean. So where are you today? (laughs) (laughs) I I am in Kitchener, Ontario today. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Yeah, and there are lots of lovely gardens here, I got to tell you. Yeah, I bet. It's actually quite a beautiful, beautiful part of the province. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, and the weather last night when I, I'm doing some work here at the uh, uh, Center in the Square Theater uh, this weekend. And, um, you know, when I walked out last night, I couldn't get over how summery yeah. the breeze felt. It was just gorgeous, just gorgeous. South wind, really gorgeous. And it's a, well, not some necessarily gorgeous weather, but it's a very important weekend for the gardening crowd. Yes, it is. This is—is is this the official or the unofficial? It seems like the official weekend when everybody wants to start gardening. It's the big May two four weekend. It's the one where we yeah. say, "Now I can plant my annual flowers. Now I can get out there and put some seeds in the ground. Now there's no more frost." Right, but it seems to me that that is also along the lines of people who have a watering schedule that they just water on Tuesdays. <laughs> True. You do have to watch the forecasts. There's no question. You don't just say, oh, now we're good to go, because we have definitely been known to have frost after May 24th. However, the forecast is looking pretty mild, as you said. Very summery last night and certainly summery for the the next week anyway. We'll see what happens after that. Very nice. Now, I want to ask you about your healing gardens, but before that, yep. I'm going to give out the numbers because we want to have people call in. And of course, if you're anywhere in Toronto, the number is 416-360-0740 or anywhere else in the province of Ontario, it is a toll-free number, 1-866-740-4740. Please do let Carlos know if you are a first-time caller because we will give you your your garden wings. Ooh. And of course, our mantra, call often, call early. And please, 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 one question per call. I love that. Half bell will travel. <laughs> yeah, half bell, absolutely. So Healing Gardens, it's coming. It's, it's coming like it, this Monday, right? I've only talked about it for the last two years, right? Yeah. So, And people kept going, well, when's it going to be on TV? <laughs> A lot of talk. Yes, indeed. Get yourself set up, make your popcorn, get the, the family around the television. This Monday, holiday Monday, 9 p.m. Vision TV, the world premiere of Healing Gardens begins. And uh, that'll be going on every Monday, 9 p.m. for the next 10 weeks, anyway. Now, and do you even remember what the first episode was about? (laughs) You know what? I have no idea what order they're going to put them in. Okay. Uh, So I remember the episodes. I'm just not sure. The first one we did, we taped, I'm not sure if that will be the first one they show. Okay, well, I am, I am really looking forward to it as well. So, so just before um, we zip to a commercial break, because I know you're going to We do, to. absolutely, yeah. yeah. We have just... to go to break, and then when we call back, the lines are already starting to yes. light up, so we will get to some callers. We'll be right back with more on The Garden Show. 
Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. We are back for more on The Garden Show. And my goodness, those lines are lighting up, Charlie. I was going to say, the lines are full. (laughs) Yeah, you warned me. You said May 2-4, they're going to be calling, calling, Uh calling. I know, this is your first spring on The Garden Show. What do you think so far? It is. I know. I, uh, it's it's lovely. And I started, I started in November. You know when yeah. all the gardens had Winter. just been put to bed. And I have been a gardener for many many years. Uh, mm-hmm. And my dad was a gardener. My grandmother on my mother's side was a gardener as well. And so I, I love it. And I'm just learning more and more from you all the time. So, oh, um, let's go to our first caller, sure. uh, Mary uh, in Toronto. Good morning, Mary. Welcome to the Garden Show. Good morning, both you, and look forward to a long weekend. Yeah. Uh, okay. I have, I'll be the first one to start with grass. Now, let me tell you what I'd like to do and what I have. Uh, three years ago, I bought the most expensive Scott grass seed, and all I ended up with was clover that bees don't like and what we call brooms. I don't know what that grass is called. It stands up straight no matter how many times you go over with a lawnmower. It's still there. <laughs> so now, I mean, I've reseeded twice. I... And nothing was happening, and then it exploded. I have mostly brooms mm. and clover, and uh, I have one that I'll ask you later about the grass. It creeps, and you can pull it out. But anyways, what I'm thinking of doing, I have used that cleaning vinegar mm-hmm. on the weeds mm-hmm. during, in between the bricks sure. in a walkway. Good idea, yeah. And I'm thinking because I've been pulling out clumps, and I just, it's everywhere. So what I was thinking of doing, I used to have golf green grass before mm-hmm. the Scots. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, I was thinking of spraying the brooms with mm-hmm. the cleaning vinegar. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Oh, for sure. It'll work. Uh, definitely, if you're going to, for anybody who's listening, if you've got weeds, as you said, coming up between the paving stones or in the walkway, or issues that are just too big to get down on your hands and knees and start uh, digging out weeds, when they're young, like now, that you can kill them much more easily than you will in August. And as you point out, the, the cleaning vinegar is a stronger uh, acetic acid. It's a stronger solution than the vinegar we put on our French fries. And it works very well. The warmer the temperature, the brighter the sun, the more effective it is. But it does kill everything it contacts. So be what, careful. What do you call that? those brooms? Um, could be many different things. I'm kind of surprised because Scott's grass seed tends to be a good quality grass seed blend. Well, one of the salesmen told me that it's mostly filler and there's very few ryegrass or anything else in it. This well, is what he told me. It should say on the bag what's actually in the bag. And I read it. Yeah. And I mean, the salesman, after about seven different people, <laughs> he said there's next to none of that. It's mostly filler, oh. 90 percent or more. Well, that would be weird. I, and it was you know the what? most expensive one. I mean, Scott's does stand behind their products, and they do have oh, a head office no. in Toronto. I'd Believe send them me, a quick email. I was talking with the head office, okay. so oh, okay. let's not waste time on them. All Absolutely right. nothing. They suggested a lawn care company. Right. I said, they've got to come and rip it out. I had golf green grass. Yeah. I got in touch with them. On their advice, 
Sure, they wanted to come, but they were going to charge me sure. close to thousand dollars. I was going to say it's a lot of money, and it's a small lawn. Right, I can't imagine in Toronto it's too big. So, I mean, I think your idea is a good one. Kill what you don't want. Now, uh, if you don't want clover, though, I'm a big fan of clover. If you don't want it, use the uh, um, cleaning vinegar. Spray carefully. No wind, right? Because that what the vinegar touches, it kills. Once that stuff dies, it might take a day or two. Get that all out of the way. Rake it out. Pull it out. A top dress with quality soil quality triple mix. I did that. Good. Um, because, again, sometimes weed seeds arrive in some of those soils. So, you know, bag soil is usually the best. There's usually... I did. I bought, I bought lawn soil when I yeah. reseed it twice. Yeah, good. But and... it's not the clover that the mm. bees like or the birds. They hate it. They stay away from it. My previous clover, when I had lovely grass... Mm-hmm. They loved it. Well, it's got a flower. It's not flowering yet. It's too early, unless you're talking about last you year. You have sort of a white flower, but a big one. Right. Uh, clover, all clover gets a white flower, or actually there's pinks yeah, and reds, it's, too. But. It's different than... Uh, the best way to describe it, uh, the clover I previously had that I liked had teeny tiny leaves. This clover oh. has large leaves. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's Dutch white clover is what we see to, uh, into our lawns as a ground cover alternative to turf grasses. Oh. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you know, it sounds like you know what you're doing. And so uh, just carry on and get rid of what you don't like, continue to seed in and, and care for what you do like and get back to that, that nice green lawn that you like. Okay, well, Thanks. thank you so much. Thank, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Mary. Thanks for the call. Good luck with that. Uh, uh, your your grass, my goodness, uh, grass can be uh, grass can be quite the big thing. There's so many things you can grow in your lawn, isn't there, Charlie? That's for sure. And uh, my favorite is that everything that isn't a grass that people hate is always called creeping Charlie. Right. <laughs> the, like, the poor Charlie's in the world there. Eh? No, it's just not fair. <laughs> no. Okay, we're going to uh, actually. You know what? I have to go to a break. But why don't you? Do yeah. you have a quick announcement you want to make before we do that? I have a couple. So here's one of them: uh, the Markham Garden Club. They're so excited. Because they're doing their first in-person plant sale in the last in the last two years, it is next Saturday, May the twenty-eighth. Starts at nine a.m. and runs right through until they're sold out. So that's a plant Markham Garden Club plant sale in person. It's being held at the Markham Village Community Centre parking lot, which is 6041 Highway 7 East at Highway 48, and often a great spot to pick up very affordable plants. If you've got a few holes you're looking to fill in uh, and you're in that area, I definitely recommend you drop by and see what they've got. Okay, great. We will be back with more on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, welcome back to The Garden Show. I'm Dean Holland here with Charlie Dobbin, and we are heading to the shores of Lake Huron. We're going to talk to Peter in Southampton. Welcome to The Garden Show, Peter. Yes. um, um, It's about grubs. Mm -hmm. Last year, I... um, put my first grub treatment down at the end of May, part of June. Mm-hmm. And uh, later on in the fall, I put the second application. Mm-hmm. Now, on previous uh, shows, Charlie, you said that uh, when the ground heats up, the grubs come up from the deep yeah. and start feeding on the grass roots. Mm-hmm. And later on, a... June bug comes and lays eggs and more grubs. Mm-hmm. So, is it 
wrong to uh, treat the lawn around uh, for grubs around the end of May and June? Okay, so that's actually a good question. Um, tr- we used to use some toxic chemicals that were taken off the market in 2008, and they were only really effective in... Um, they were not effective now in the spring because right now the grubs that are coming up from below, as you mentioned, they were down for the winter, dormant, below the, the frost line. They come up. These are pretty tough grubs, the ones that we're seeing if we're doing some digging in our gardens or we're seeing, you know, they're, they're large, they're white, they're in this, the shape of the letter C, they have a brown head, but their skin, their outer epidermis is quite leathery because they've been down deep and up, so they've really kind of worn their bodies into a being quite, quite tough. So that's why chemicals don't work very well at this time of year. When they do work is when the babies hatch out of the eggs. And the eggs, as you point out, the June beetles, the adults fly around, eggs are laid, and usually tiny, tiny baby grubs are born in early August. So that's our most effective time. And lately, of course, nematodes is what we were using to control grubs in late summer. Now, there is something else on the market. I don't know a lot about it. Um, it is, I believe, made by Scott's, though it's probably also on the market under other names. And I think it's just called Grub Be Gone. It is a, a BT, so it's a bacteria you're going to spray. So I'm not positive when, that, when they recommend using that. <clears throat> it would have to... Call, well, the bacteria usually works. You spray it on the plant that the insect is going to eat. When the insect eats the plant, they die because that bacteria poisons them. They eat the, the bacteria that's on the plant. doesn't hurt anything except the individual you're, you're going after. So you could check out that grub. I'll try uh, during one of the breaks here, see if I can come up with a definitive answer. But generally speaking, it's the starlings, it's the raccoons. It, they wreak havoc on our lawns, but they do a really good job killing grubs now. And there's not any other real, real way to do it other than to dig them out yourself. Well, I have been using the Grub uh, Be Gone, mm-hmm. and it's very expensive. Mm-hmm. And um, um, this year, I um, had very little um, ground... Uh, like damage? Uh, yeah, just uh, a oh. few few little holes. Oh. And that's that's been it. Good. That's good. I mean, that, that's really, I mean, last year was a dry summer. So we do have, our years go up and down. Depends on whether you can irrigate. Depends whether you've got big trees, because that's where the eggs are laid, is right on the edge of the canopy of large trees and tall structures. So we kind of know where to look for grub babies, where they're going to be born out of those eggs that are dropped in July, or, you know, um, seed, like they're planted, the eggs are planted into our lawns in July. So yeah, I mean, you, you have a familiarity with where to look for them. I, I wouldn't be overly concerned. I mean, like I said, the, lots of insects uh, are eaten by birds. So, you know, encourage the biodiversity and encourage other things to come and look after the few grubs you might have. And uh, if you see some patches, dig down a bit. You, you might just see a couple grubs and be able to pull them out yourself and squish them. Okay, well, thank you. Yeah, thanks for calling. Good luck.
Uh, are you there, Dean? Did we lose Dean? Uh, okay, so here's what I'm suggesting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you are. Yeah, I was just—I was going to say the Grebs are a good a good food source for for a number of things, aren't that's they? Right. Really? Well, actually, that's a—they are. Any of the insects are because some birds are only insect eaters, right? You can put out all the bird seed in the world, but you're not going to yeah. get every bird coming. You also can plant every berry bush in the world, and you're not going to get every bird coming. Uh, they mm-hmm. some of them are insects only, which you know really. You know, tweaks my brain to remind everybody: <clears throat> be on the alert for our, our you know, much hated, what were called gypsy moths have now yeah. been renamed spongy moths, and they are in my neighborhood now. So what you're going to do, and everybody, anybody who's got a maple tree on their property or an oak tree, a mountain ash, a service berry, there's certain trees they're very prevalent on, but oak and maple are the two big ones. Get out there and look. See if it looks like a shotgun has been shot onto your tree and there's holes in the leaves. If you see holes in the leaves, you need to suspect you have a spongy moth infestation. They will defoliate the trees very quickly. So this is the time to get your spray out. And again, it's a BT product, which we were talking about with Peter, our last caller. So it's B as in Bob, T as in Tom, and K as in kite. So BTK is what you're buying, mixing with water, spraying when it's not windy and uh, temperatures are fine today, preferably 24 hours before a rain, and you'll do a good job at eliminating it. A lot of those spongy moths do not spray everything on your property because, again, the birds need some of these bugs. Right. Okay. Going to give out the numbers quickly, and then we're going to go to our next caller. Uh, Toronto number 416-360-0740 or anywhere in the province of Ontario, toll-free 866 Seven four zero four seven four zero. We're going to head back inland, just south of Orangeville to Hillsburg, and we've got Marlene on the line. Welcome to the Garden Show, Marlene. Morning, kids. How are you? <laughs> Morning. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> <laughs> I have kind of a weird question for you. Good. I have a, a raised, small raised garden bed on the legs with the uh, oh, greenhouse yeah. top on it, you know, the mm-hmm. zippered top. Mm-hmm. And last year worked out great. I had Promax soil in it. Mm-hmm. This year I bought organic soil at the local garden center. And the bags were wet, and when I opened them, there was moss in there. Mm-hmm. So I picked the moss off and mm-hmm. threw it away and used the soil. Then I covered the planter so the seeds would start. Now the seeds are growing, but so is the moss. Right. So is that safe to eat lettuce and carrots and stuff that are growing in moss? Oh, yeah, the moss won't hurt you. But something to keep in mind, the, the organic soil you bought, did it say on it that it was for container gardens or was it just like a garden soil or for all parts? Oh, I don't remember what it said on it. Yeah, so so I have a feeling when you open a bag and it's moist and, and mossy, I think what you've bought is soil that is best incorporated into the ground. So remember, we've got topsoil, garden soil, all those triple mixes are designed for the ground. We okay. Have container mix. Last year I brought the Promax for, yeah, Pro-Max for vegetable garden perfect. stuff. So. Yeah, and the Promax will say right on the bag can be used in ground or in raised garden beds. So, oh, okay. So, I didn't look at that. Okay. Yeah, so do look at that. Remember, potting soils for the pots, garden soils for the gardens. So I think okay. that might be. So if, if you have room still in that raised garden bed and you want to incorporate some little bit of a real proper potting soil or container soil that'll lighten it up a bit that'll help with your drainage make sure you've got the drainage holes open at the bottom and that will lower the amount of moss that's growing as well okay should i take the top off and leave it off i would if your seeds have germinated yep and you have it i assume in is in a sunny location oh yeah 
good. Yeah, so do take the top off because when the sun comes out, you've got a bit of an oven happening there with the with the uh, top closed. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, uh, guys. Okay. You're very yeah, welcome. Yeah, thanks, thanks, for, for thanks Marlene. Yeah, and, and thanks for cool. calling us kids. I love that. <laughs> I know, exactly. A couple <laughs> yeah. of old farts like us. Yeah, yeah. Well, except I'm an older okay, fart let, than you. <laughs> let's go to uh, Jean in uh, Newmarket. Uh, good morning, Jean, and welcome to the Garden Show. Good morning, Charlie. Mm. Always a pleasure listening to you. Oh, I bought a yellow cherry tomato hanging plant yesterday, and mm. help me, I want to keep it alive. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's in a hanging basket? Yes. And is there, I assume there's just one plant in there? Well, it fills the whole planter, so I'm assuming it's just one. Okay. Uh, right. The, the What I find with some of those, it's a 10-inch pot with a little white, it's probably a white pot, might be black, but either way, it's designed to hang. And you can, you're supposed to be able to lie on your chaise lounge and just reach over and help yourself to a tomato while, you know, you're telling your slaves to peel you a grape. So that's great. But those containers are not really big enough in the long run. You're going to have a hard time keeping that plant healthy in that size pot. Is, oh. is there any chance you could move it up to a 12-inch? And the way you would do that is to buy a 12-inch plastic pot or or even a 14-inch, or you use those, um, you know, the, the moss-lined wire baskets because you can get those quite large. Yes, I can do that. Or could I plant it in the ground? I wanted this yellow tomato, yeah. and that's all they had was yeah. a hanging plant. Well, you could plant it in the ground, but it's going to sit on the ground. Do you? Yeah. You'd, you'd be better. Or you know what else you could do is: Do you have any kind of a planter at home right now that stands up off the ground but is at least fourteen inches wide? Yes. Do you know what? Do yeah. that. Take it out of the hanging basket, forget hanging Thanks. it, and let it go into a, a pot full of nice quality, fresh uh, potting mix or container mix. Get some fertilizer because this plant is going to want either consistent fertilizing every 10 days or I like using just a slow-release fertilizer. You mix as you're planting up the container. And then you might need some help to flip you know, the existing pot over get that pot out of the way, get all that plastic out of the way, get it into the new uh, container, get new soil around, water thoroughly, and, uh, and you'll have very good success. It'll just grow down the sides of the, of the container, and you'll be able to control, keep them dry. If they're all lying on the ground, they tend to rot, that's all. I can do that. Tell me about fertilizer. I've got some that the husband wants to use that's been kicking around uh, for maybe six, seven years. And I, I go, maybe not. Yeah, well, maybe. What is it, what's it called? What does it say on it? I would just set all-purpose fertilizer. Uh, that could work. It's probably like a water, blue stuff you mix with water, yes. right? Yeah, yes. that can yes. work. Uh, it, it, um, mm-hmm. An all-purpose is probably like a 10-10-10 or a 20-20-20. So that's fine. Follow the directions, uh, the mix level. Make sure you aren't over-fertilizing. And it'll usually tell you on the package to use every 10 days, every two weeks, every three weeks, whatever. The more you fertilize, the more it's going to grow. But then again, uh, which is good, but then again, it can also become a a huge takeover plant too. So you may say, okay, once a month is enough fertilizer. And how much water? I don't want this thing to die. You can tell I'm a newbie. <laughs> it's okay. You know what you could do if you're anywhere near a garden center or a home center is get a hold of a moisture meter. It's a little probe that you can stick into the soil and it will tell you your moisture level down six or eight inches mm-hmm. or 10 inches. It is a little tricky to figure out how much water to add because you don't, yeah. you know, it's hard, unless you can stick your fingers right down. Tomatoes want consistent water. So you don't want to over, you don't want to under. You want consistent water. 
So good Thank luck with those yellow tomatoes. They sound delicious. Yeah. And make yeah, good. And yeah. Jean, make sure that whatever pot you're going into has drainage holes. Hundred percent. Okay. Thank you okay. so good much, luck Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to look forward to you Monday night. All right, perfect. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Yeah, report. I want everybody's like feedback next Saturday. You can all call me and laugh at me and tell me what a how much you love the show. (laughs) Yeah, I I think Charlie, you have created an idea for a promo shot for the show. You know, you could be sitting in your chaise lounge and I could be like peeling your yellow (laughs) tomatoes or something like that. Well, you know, I speaking of yellow tomatoes, I started. I have some heritage tomatoes. I got Mm -hmm. two different kinds of yellows. One is called. One is called Sun Sweet, I believe. Okay. And the other is called Golden Egg. So I will be reporting back on my yellow tomatoes as the season continues. Nice. I planted San Marzano tomatoes, oh, and I've got them yeah. all in the little pot, peat pot, not peat pots, but the little starter pots. Yeah. And uh, and they do a dance every day. I'm amazed how you turn them. They keep going towards the sun, and then you flip them around, and the next day, with you come a couple hours, they're they're leaning the other way again. They're so, just chasing that sun. Well, that's right. And last Saturday, you hadn't even planted them, so you planted them, and they've germinated in the last. Yeah, day. I can't get over how quickly they it come that's up. Great. That's great. So, uh, are they in your house? They are. They are. So you need to start transitioning them to the outside. I know you're a little cooler up in Collingwood than Toronto yeah. is, but mm-hmm. still, you want to get those ready to go. We call that hardening off. Hardening, yeah, right. Yeah. So, so how do I do that? Well, right now, they're being coddled inside your home, and you're, you're you know, complimenting them and turning them and doing all this stuff. One thing you can do with tomatoes I find works really well is uh, pet them. Take the palm of your hand. And, and run the palm of your hand over the tops of the plants, and that just uh, toughens them up a bit. So just oh. while they're inside. Uh, once you're back in your home uh, home situation there, get that, yeah. that container uh, outside, into the shade, out of the, out of the sun, out of the wind, to start a couple of days there, and then slowly but surely into a more windy location, ultimately into a full sunny location, and ready to plant in the final location. Takes about okay. seven days to harden off plants, but but do toughen them up with a little bit of petting in the meantime. Okay, I would have n- never thought of that. Petting my plants, <laughs> exactly. I will do that. Okay, we're going to go to Barb now in Aiton, mm-hmm. Ontario. Good morning, Barb, and welcome to the Garden Show. Oh, good morning. I was just wondering if you, you would know how to um, get rid of clover in the lawn. Like obviously, you can't use that vinegar stuff, mm. or or you'd kill the grass right. too. But is there something you can get for the the clover or creeping Charlie and that kind of stuff? No, not that I. Well, I shouldn't say. I mean, there are some so-called weed killers for the lawn that are designed to kill broadleafed plants growing in your grass because your grass is a not a broadleafed plant. Um, they are iron-based, I believe, and so when you. Uh, uh, spray them. You can spray them. The grass survives fine. The broadleaf plants should start to turn black and eventually die. If the clover has been on your lawn for years and years, it'll be very hard to kill. If it's young clover, you have a good chance uh, because it, it, they have a t- clover has a tap root, and it, if it's been there for years and years, it'll be deep, deep, and hard to kill. Uh, personally, I like leaving clover in my lawn, but a lot of people just love the the perfect lawn. So it's dig, dig, or get a hold of, and again, what it's called, it's it's going to say something like weed begone, but make sure it's not weed begone to use in between the paving stones because that's vinegar based. So mm-hmm. you want a weed begone that's designed to go onto the lawn. Okay. 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 Yeah. All right. Thank you Good so much. Luck. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I. 
I think I'm in the minority. Uh, I'm, I think I'm, I don't get, I'm not as driven to have that perfect, perfect lawn. Uh, even my wife, I think, craves that perfect lawn more than I do. Yeah. I'm happy that it's green and, you know, and, uh, and I don't mind the clover and all those other things. No, me neither. Well, I, I, in my experience, it's a bit of a generational thing um, because people that were gardening back in the 60s and 70s who are older than us now – remember the days of the perfect lawn, you know, the the golf mm-hmm. putting green lawn. And they yeah. they hanker for that still. It's very hard to maintain that without the use of lots of toxic chemicals that are no longer legal. So it, we do have to just be less hard on ourselves and just recognize that a lawn is just a green foreground for our garden beyond. It doesn't have to be perfectly, you know, uh, combed blades of grass all standing parallel to each other. That's why we cut our grasses, our turf longer now than we used to, right? We're cutting a, the height yeah. is more like three inches, whereas our fathers were probably cutting it an inch and a half or two inches. But the taller blades of grass mm-hmm. survive the drought and uh, the heat, et cetera, far better than the shorter uh, turf does. Gotcha. Okay, got to run to a, our next break, but we will be ma- back with more callers here on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey there, welcome back to The Garden Show. I'm Dean Holland and here with Charlie Dobbin. And Charlie, you want to give us one of those other announcements you've got before we get to our next caller? Sure, I've just got one more. I just want to remind people that there's a kind of a fun event happening here in Toronto on the day of Sunday, June 5th. 10 o'clock in the morning till 3 p.m. It's called the Hidden Gardens and Private Spaces Tour in Cabbage Town. Uh, so it's kind of fun. The attraction is not only the unique and charming gardens, but also the historic streets, charming laneways, and Victorian architecture. So if you're a bit of a buff of history, Cabbage Town is a beautiful part of Toronto, and you can certainly get involved in this tour that's all day June 5th. Go to Cabbage Town. PA, which stands for Preservation Association. So CabbageTownPA.ca. And it's $20 a ticket, uh, a ticket booklet, which lets you in and out of all kinds of gardens and gives you all kinds of cool deals within the Cabbage Town area. So uh, sounds like a, a bit of a fun day for anybody on Sunday, June 5th, 10 to 3. Mm-hmm, indeed. And speaking of Toronto, that's where we're going for our very next caller. We have Marianne on the line. Welcome to the Garden Show, Marianne. Uh, good morning. I love your show. Thank you. Um, I have a question about um, transplanting. Mm-hmm. I uh, really fell in love with alliums and planted about half a dozen bulbs a few years ago, and every year they double. Mm-hmm. And they double, and they double, and now they want to get out of their bed and into the lawn. (laughs) Now, I'd like to uh, take a few of them and share them with neighbors or put them in another bed. Um, When can I do that? Well, the best time to do that in order to maximize flowering is to move them when they're not flowering. Uh, So right now, the green leaves are coming up, so you know where they are. Uh, if you want, I mean, you could go in there with a nice shovel or a, or a digging fork, lift up a clump, because they're probably all really tight together. They, oh, yeah. 
they do, like you said, they they exponentially increase. So it's, but if I if it was my best time and my best way to do it is leave them alone, enjoy what they're looking like this summer because they're going to look great in the next few weeks. Right. Then on a cool day in August, as we get towards mid or late August, dig up the whole mess. Just lift every single allium up, separate them all out to individual bulbs, hand them out to the neighbors and friends, plant back into the bed, plant in whatever beds you want, because separating them out is going to be good in the long run. Um, right now, they're getting so jammed in there that you're, eventually you're just going to have green leaves and no flowers. It's kind of like we have to do that with irises every four or five years, right. even our daffodils. Every four or five years, you need to lift up the whole mess, separate them all out, and replant. Well, the aliens are just starting to open up now. Yeah. So don't, I wouldn't do it now. Okay. Enjoy them this year. And then, like I say, pick a time when it's a good day for working and doing that kind of work later in the summer. And you know where they are. So you'll, you'll, you won't be able to see much of them, but you'll know where they are. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Yeah, thank you, Marianne. And I'm with you, Marianne. I am a huge Allium fan. I and know. I know that, uh, Charlie, you and I were talking about it last week That's after the show. That's right. You want to get more, you said. You are going to do some I, research and let me know what kind you're looking for. I do. I still have to do that. I've been such so busy. But uh, yes, my um, <clears throat> well, my wedding anniversary is tomorrow, and oh, so I'm committed to getting a whole bunch of alliums for my wife. <laughs> there you go. Who will now know all about it because I've announced it on the radio. But that's okay. <laughs> Remember, I told you the website to look at is Flower Bulbs Are Us. That yes, was just like toysareus.com. Yes. Uh, that Flower is Flower Bulbs. Us. Yep, dot com. Okay. Great site cool. for lots of yeah. great choices. Let's go to Jim in Pickering. Oh. Good morning, Jim. And Jim is a first-time caller as well. Yeah. How are you, sir? I'm, I'm great, thanks. First-time caller to the garden show, but I call into the station a lot. Yeah. Well, okay, welcome. I'm going to give Wait. you your garden wing, sir. You get... <laughs> there so, you go. There you go. Well earned. <laughs> Charlie, I heard what you said about that older set and how they maintain the lawn and the perfect. I gave up perfect, but I'm still perfectionistic. There you I'm go. I'm 75. There you go. That's <laughs> so my <I'm>... point. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it is. It's kind of a, it, it can be a bit of an obsession, right? Mm. But the lawn is great, mm -hmm. and I do everything naturally, so yeah. I... Uh, I, you know, water very early in the morning and get up 5.30 to 6 yeah, and put yeah. the sprinkler out and that type of thing. Cut it in the evening when it's dry. Good. It's an electric mower that mulches. I cross-cut nice. it. Yeah. I do everything like hand weeding with a weeding fork. And yeah. so if you get something like clover, if you see it starting, yeah, you can get it. Get it, it gets early. going. Oh, yeah. It'll do a takeover. Well, you know, it's funny. My husband, who's never been a gardener per se, is now retired. He's got <laughs> blisters on his knees from crawling around pulling weeds in wow. the lawn. Like he's he's becoming that avid of a lawn care person. So, wow. you know, and here's he's 71. <laughs> sorry. Oh, really? Yeah. And so here's my question. Yeah. Is it's about about the lawn mm -hmm. and a lawn is made up of many grasses, mm -hmm. right? Yes. So there's a, di a differentiation, but so there's grass. But I've been told, but what's in my lawn or what uh, may even take over is bent grass. Mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure what that is, but it's not. It's it's very green. It looks good, but it's just not as durable. Well, that's right. And typically, we don't grow bent grass in Ontario. It's not something that is usually ever in the the blends, the seed blends mm -hmm. that we buy. Bent grass is used in more of super sandy soils, also more southerly areas. Uh, it's not a great um, grass. It no. doesn't, it's kind of a pale green. We love our, our Kentucky bluegrass, right? We love yeah. that deep gr blue-green look yeah. to our lawns. That, to us, says 
beautiful lawn, that color. Um, the bent grasses, the annual um, annual rye grasses, they all tend to be very light green, so it's not that look we're really looking for. So you can, uh, bent grass grows in little clumps, you can always, again, pop that out of the ground just like you, you pop out the crabgrass when you see that. Oh, okay. Okay. And overseed, I guess, is a solution, is it? That's right. And if, and if it's too, like, I often find it's it, seed germination in the lawn is not as great in the spring as it is in the fall. Okay. So when I have patches in my lawn at this time of year, I usually just do a little filling with some good quality soil, topsoil, triple mix. Yes. And the grass will love that. The existing grass will kind of fill in. Yes. Come fall, that's when you can really get into the nitty-gritty uh, little patches or bigger patches and, and do some proper top dressing and overseeding and be successful. Thank you. i got to get back at my lawn, though, now, Jerry. All Jared. right, off you go. Get that comb. <laughs> Thanks. Start combing Thanks it. Thanks for the comb, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. It's not very often that you and I get cut off. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's true. <laughs> Jim says, sorry, i got to go. <laughs> i got to get back to my lawn. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, we have to go to a commercial break, but we have a couple more callers on the line, which we will do our best to uh, get to when we come back on The Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Oh, yes, we are back with more on The Garden Show. Dean Holland with you and Charlie Dobbin. <laughs> and, Charlie, we're going to Holstein, yeah. Ontario. We're going to talk to Wilma. Welcome to The Garden Show, Wilma. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I think we have an allium theme this morning. <laughs> That's my question, Well, you too. know what? From my point of view, it's, it's a whole lot better than a, well, what is it? What were we getting last Christmas there? It oh, was the uh, amaryllis. <laughs> Amaryllis theme, yeah. You got tired of the amaryllis, admit it, Tim. But allium's good. Yeah, what's going on? Well, I have several of them in my northeast exposure. Um, but for some reason or other, they, the green is turning brown. Oh. It just looks like they've been frosted, and I don't think we've had that major a frost. Um, the blooms are coming out, yes. I don't think they're as big this year at all as they were last year, but that's the season. But the, the greenery um, is die, like dying off already. Okay, so a couple of reasons why that might happen. Do you have uh, automatic irrigation by any chance? No. Okay, no. good. So Automatic from the sky. Okay. Have you had a bunch of rain in Holstein in the last 10 days? Uh, yes, we had a good soaker of two inches a week oh, ago tonight. Right. Okay. And then it got cool. The weather got cool. And now it's warming up in the last few days. So you know what's probably happened? It's just the, the it's too wet. Bulbs are very susceptible to rotting if they're kept in a soggy soil for too long. So what you may have to do is just, I'd go and take a look. You'll probably, the bulbs are probably fine, but the foliage is showing the stress of that soggy soil. Okay. And 
ultimately, uh, just like when we were talking to um, uh, Marianne about transplanting alliums, you may decide this year that you'd like to go into that garden, lift those bulbs, separate them so that you've got more, and at the same time, consider adding some, some material for drainage. So whether you need to add organic matter because it's a clay soil, or you need to add some sand because it's a, you know, a poorly drained soil, that, just to avoid that, that sogginess. Well, basically, we've got a very gravelly base here. Oh, okay, so you're um, pretty well drained. I have some on the south side of the house, and they aren't showing any browns at all. Right, but, but they're in more sun, obviously. So that that's that gravelly soil could be just that it's draining that much better, so you're yeah. avoiding any rot. It also could be just an organic question. So, yeah. you know, you're in farm country, like Holstein of all places. You should be able to get some wonderful cow manure, uh, well composted, and, and even do a sprinkling of that in the fall or next spring on all your garden beds where it's quite gravelly. And just bump up that that drainage better and drump up bump up the nutrition a bit now you you say about the composting mm-hmm. would does it make a difference whether you shovel it in like work it in after no. or can you just spread it over top and leave it that's all you have to do spread it over top and leave it but not it's hard now because well, there's a lot of plants coming up yeah so that's why we do it in the fall or the spring when we can just literally throw it out there put a half an inch on every garden bed and yeah. the the um, believe it or not the little the life in the soil will do the mixing for you you do yeah. not need to rototill or mix or do anything yeah, well, and that's that's been my issue because mm-hmm. I've got so much in these beds. Mm-hmm. It's a har- it's hard to dig it in sure, because yeah, don't. you're digging something else out. Yeah, yeah don't. <laughs> you don't. You're just making work for yourself. I'm a big, yeah, big yeah, fan of yeah. lazy gardening. So lie and, I'm, in the and I'm coming up to eighty, so I'm yeah. ready to stop that for sure. Let the worms do the work while you have your martini in the hammock. <laughs> Oh yeah, Thank that you, sounds Charlie. good. You, you know, yeah, good luck enjoying your uh, your alliums with your martini in the hammock, there, Wilma. It's a good visual, right? Well, I'm not sure about all of that, but we'll work with it. Thanks for calling. Okay, have a great weekend. Wilma. Have a great long weekend, Wilma. Yeah, no, no kidding. Yeah, I I have Too a quick question. Okay, quick. My question comes from my. Two of my kids mm-hmm. who made a comment, mm-hmm. um, the peonies mm-hmm. coming up. Now, mm-hmm. now they're up much further. But when they first started coming up, mm-hmm. my kids noticed. They said, Dad, they look like asparagus. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering if there's any relation. No. 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 Okay. No, but they're, it's, it's, uh, they're perennial, so there's a relation there. Uh, they yeah. do send stems up, straight up from the ground. Unlike, say, a fern that unfurls, the peonies yeah. go straight up, same as the asparagus goes straight up. Uh, but yeah, there is, as far as I know, no connection botanically between the two. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Uh, your series, we should pl- uh, make sure that people know that again. Again, uh, starting. Night. Tomorrow, or no, sorry, the Monday. 23rd on Monday yep, holiday is Monday. the Healing Gardens on Vision TV, right? Uh, that's right, 9 p.m., and there are 10 episodes. It's a documentary series, so it's a beautiful show, and it's an absolutely fascinating show. I talk to all kinds of amazing people about how gardens heal us on so many different levels. Uh, 10 episodes, uh, yeah, enjoy, and certainly I appreciate any feedback next Saturday. Great. Well, it's been nice spending this uh, this time with you, yeah. and uh, you have a great long weekend, Charlie. Thank you. You too. Get out in the garden. Get those tomatoes planted. Don't forget to pet them. <laughs> Thanks. Everybody. I will. I will. Thanks for the great calls. Lawns and Allium. There's our theme. See you all again next week.
This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.